Spotlight with Sarah Hendy. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Fast am I, it's Sarah Hendy here with you on Manx Radio for the next half an hour. And tonight on Spotlight, we'll be hearing from the Chief Minister, who has quite a lot to say about Man in Quilter's latest exhibition. Lewis Foster will be speaking to the Chief Minister and to some of the many quilters who have contributed to this year's exhibition. We also speak to playwright Chris Thompson about his play Dungeness, which is being staged by a local group as part of National Theatre Connections. First this evening, Lewis Foster went along to the official opening of the Manning Quilter's latest exhibition in Castletown at the end of last week. The group displays its work every two years with a theme at the heart of its creations. And this year, it's celebrating the island's UNESCO biosphere status by depicting life in six sheedings of the Isle of Man. Lewis Foster went along and spoke to Chair of Manning Quilters, Chris Eastham. It's all about the uh, doing something for the biosphere, the UNESCO biosphere status, so we thought we'd come up with something small and simple, but as you can see, they're not. They've grown like Topsy, so each one's taken on life of its own. Uh, we just did lists and lists of things that could be included, and the hardest part was le- knowing what to leave out, because there's so much we could have put in, yes. How, how easy, well, how difficult, should I say, was this project? The hard part was knowing where to start. You kind of stood and looked at it and what do we do? And then once you got going, we could put this in, we could put that in, and then everybody's coming up with, I've got the fabric if you need it for that, and we've got bits that would go in there. And Yes, yeah, so we all worked, you know, all worked together to, to do it. So. And you put on these exhibitions sort of once every two years, is that right? Um, what new challenges did this project bring compared to previous years? Well this is a nice one because you could do anything. Uh, you weren't limited to just cotton that we normally use. You could have, there was wool, there was tweed, there was all sorts. We had shells, beads, lichens, everything in it. Uh, whereas our normal exhibition, which we do every other year, because everything that's displayed there has never been shown before, so it takes us two years to get a big exhibition. Yes, yeah. So could you tell us a bit about how long this exhibition is going to be on for and just a word of encouragement to anyone thinking of coming down here? Well, you should definitely come down and see it. It's here at Castletown Civic Centre uh, from Tuesday to Friday this week and then Monday to Friday next week. And then it moves on to Jerby, uh, the community centre there. And then it goes to the Hodgson Loom Gallery in Laxey for, I think it's nearly a month there. And then it goes to the Vela for six, seven weeks before coming back to Balasala for our exhibition at the beginning of May. And is admission free? Oh yes. As, a, as an organisation, as a group, how do you get funding for this sort of thing? We don't. don't. Oh no, 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 it's all. Because we've got so much, the lot of us have got so much fabric. Right. Yes, it's called Seal. Stash exceeds um, expected lifespan or something yes acceptable life anticipated lifespan that's it so we've all got more we've got enough fabric to open the shop really between a lot of us yes so it's all about resourcefulness which ties into the biosphere of course oh yes and no matter how much fabric you have there's always some you haven't got and you just need that piece yes so you've got to have it The Chief Minister, Howard Quayle, was there to launch the event at Castletown Civic Centre, where the exhibition will be on until the 14th of February. He talked to Lewis Foster about what this exhibition represents. 
Well, I think it shows the Manx community coming together. We've got a diversity of talents on the Isle of Man, and here we have the quilters doing a phenomenal, um, the, the six, obviously, sheedings, plus a cover showing you where the six sheedings are represented, of rushing Glen Faber, Michael Eyre, Garth and Middle. And it's, it's lovely to see the different areas that we associate with those areas and the more you look at them at the tapestries you, you see more and more little little touches from a unicorn pulling the horse tram in in middle to locked in sheep everywhere or, or or dolphins or the lady isabella or craig niche one of the thatched cottages at craig niche looks exquisite the beautiful colors of the sun in in kurt michaels so lovely lovely and this of course represents the biosphere as well the way it's represented now, how, what does it mean these days? Well, I think we are the only entire nation to be given UNESCO biosphere status. And we only got that because I think, A, the island is stunningly beautiful. It's not just the, our, our land, it's our waters too. But I think because the whole of the island is committed to ensuring that we maintain our beautiful island. Obviously, it's, we've got to grow our economy and the island itself has to adapt but I think we've got to keep it special and this just reminds us all as a nation just what is out there on the island and just what a special place we live in and how blessed we are to live on the Isle of Man. If you want to catch the exhibition it will be in Castletown until the 14th of February. Following that it will head to Jerby Health and Community Centre from the 19th to the 28th of February. Hodgson Loom Gallery at Laxey Woolen Mills from the 2nd of March to the 21st and it finishes its tour at the Villa Marina in Douglas from March the 24th to the 17th of April. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. On Monday evening, I popped into one of the final rehearsals of Dungeness, a play by playwright Chris Thompson, which is being put on here on the Isle of Man as part of National Theatre Connections. David Dawson is directing the play. So I suppose, David, the first question is, why this play in particular? Well, we have uh, a choice of ten. Uh, there are ten plays every year, and um, we get to choose two, and we get given one of those, so we never really know which it's going to be. And I think Dungeness, um, I think at core, because it is about LGBT plus kind of rights and what's happened to those kind of societies all around the world um, I think it linked really well with what's recent on the island you know we're um, we're shocking in the sense of a history of it being so late to be legalized um, also very recent with uh, the chief minister's apology and it just seemed like a really interesting subject to be uh, to be doing um, you know we've done some great different subjects there was uh, children in war there was North Korean refugees we had family sibling kind of rivalries and things and, and this this time it just felt a different challenge something to look at and um, yeah that was really why it was hopefully something for the students to get their teeth into and open their eyes a little bit more to the world I think I don't know if this is even an appropriate question, but does anybody in the group openly identify as anything other than cis-hetero? Is there anyone who's got direct experience um, of the issues that oh, are being faced by the characters? I don't know. Well, um, there are, I think, I think really this play, it, it doesn't matter. Um, I think that's what, when you come and see it, you will realise that, that actually, you know, people should be accepted no matter what. So it doesn't matter whether you, you relate to one or the other. Um, and I think that's what we, we've kind of gone with the, with the cast. It's, uh, we have people who, who are uh, heterosexual, who are playing, uh, whether it's gay, bi or trans. And, um, and for them, it's more about love is love. And uh, you know they, they are playing a role. 
um, and they, they maybe they don't connect on it to a on a personal level, um, but they do when it terms of you know everybody knows how it feels to be loved or brokenhearted or or not feel right or accepted, and I think that's what we're trying to get across. So yeah, and I understand this is going to the UK as well. Yeah, so with Connections, we go to a festival partner, a festival theatre. Um, so this year we're going to the Lake District, which is wonderful. Um, we've been up to Inverness, we've been to Cardiff, Bristol, uh, Bath. And um, yeah, um, this time a little bit closer to home. But we go there in March, so they're off to perform there and watch all the performances, some of the other templates that were written this year. And, uh, and they'll get to do some workshops, with some great national theatre directors. And that's, that's the wonderful thing, because it's connected with National Theatre in London, they, they really get really first-class um, kind of experience workshops uh, and, and hopefully develop their skills later for, for either a job or to go into the arts or just for fun. When can we come and enjoy this performance? So um, it's on this week on Thursday and Friday at 6pm at the Youth Arts Centre and then again on the Saturday at 5pm so it's an hour earlier. Uh, there are tickets on the door but you can get them from the Welcome Centre or by calling the box office 600 555. This play is dealing with some really very heavy and serious issues. Um, it, does, it, does it still have that lightness? Yeah, it's it's it is very funny. <laughs> it's it almost it deals with the seriousness of the issues by making them comedic, which I think is the way that our generation deals with a lot of things anyway. So it's quite relatable. We looked into the recent Isle of Man history. It's not actually that long ago that people wanted to birch the gays, and homosexuality was only decriminalised 28 years ago. So it's in quite recent memory actually. So it didn't take much to find old documents or even when Tim will decriminalised homosexuality it still is an awful awful reading. Mm-hmm. It's difficult because obviously um, the, the Isle of Man is however it's diverse in some ways um, there there's not a huge amount of um, LGBTQ community so um, it's sort of like watching clips of videos and like looking at all different other types. I mean, I've looked at uh, RuPaul Drag Race videos, <laughs> uh, which has been really interesting. And it's, it's really fun to develop a character in that way because it's something different, what I'm not used to. So, yeah, really fun. And in the play, uh, the group, you're living together in a safe house and you're trying to decide on a way to commemorate um, an event in another part of the world. Can you describe what they're trying to commemorate here? It was just an attack in just like quite far away from them. But um, they're just it's try, they're trying really hard to think about, even though they may seem safe ish where they are. There are people still fighting for their lives and who are in such awful situations. And it's you really just have to really put yourself in those people's shoes. And especially for my character as well, because I have like to think about the fact that she is both a lesbian and a Muslim. So she has like that to deal with as well. And like her family really wasn't OK with it. And like I have I have, like read stories of like people who were Muslim and lesbian and just like it was very hard hitting but you just have to try and understand them as much as you can but yeah. yeah. And as you said earlier here on the Isle of Man we're not the most diverse community. How do you think people are going to react to this play? The world's changed so much in the last 20-30 years that if people don't react well that's their problem and that maybe they should come watch it and maybe we can change their opinion. It's quite powerful when um, Margot starts talking about um, how her family reacted to her coming out and hopefully they'll obviously feel like um, sympathetic towards Margot's character but also like, um, I don't know, be humorous to when we're all laughing about it.
like not at Margot, but like <laughs> at different points in the play. Yeah, yeah, laughing about the situation, yeah. I suppose, and yeah, one of those beautiful things where you can laugh at something in retrospect, even when it's as heavy and difficult as um, as this play is. And I understand quite a lot of you are also juggling many. I mean, you're all juggling school, but other performances as well. How how are you how are you dealing with that? How's it going? <laughs> Um, it's it's um, it's difficult because one minute I'm here, one minute I'm not, and balancing them. But um, but yeah, it's it's really fun. And I thought I, I previous friends that have done this, this is my first year doing the connections program, so I thought oh, I must do it because I've heard such great stories about it, and I I just think what a lovely group of people it is to work with. So but yeah, doing sound and music as well, it's busy, but um, we're getting there. Yeah, it's great. And there we also heard from Joe Locke, Oliver Sykes, Alice Gibson, Grace Della Santos, Evie Skillicorn, Lewis Douglas and Margot McGowan, who are starring in this production of Dungeness. And on the line, we have English writer Chris Thompson, who created this wonderful story, Dungeness. Chris, why did you choose Dungeness as the location to set your play in? Well, Dungeness is an extraordinary place. It's actually England's only desert. And I think it's my favourite place in the country. Um, Isle of Man excluded, of course. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And it is, looks very barren and bleak. But actually, it's teeming with life and energy. And it's such a resilient place. And that really made me think of some of the experiences LGBT people have around, you know, having to be really resilient uh, in the face of difficulties. And Dungeness really spoke to me in in that way. So there's a metaphorical value to it, uh, but, but it is just also a really wonderful place to visit. The idea in the play is that these uh, the characters in our story aren't able to live at home at the moment because they've been kicked out by their parents, which is not uncommon. Uh, if you think about um, the number of homeless people, um, LGBT people are, are disproportionately represented. Uh, there's more of them in the homeless population than, than, than anyone else. So it's not uncommon for, for kids to be kicked out from, from their homes. And so in the story, we have this group of kids that are very different actually you know we think about lgbt plus as this kind of like one group but there's so much diversity and difference within that group uh and they're living in this place to to be able to be themselves but they've also been like shoved to like the most remote part of the country like where no one can see them but they're all a bit angry about that yeah i'm sure and i think um i think if if the young people who are um, who are involved in the the performance here on the Isle of Man could relate to anything, it might be that because much as we love our beautiful island, <laughs> like, it's it is we are remote. We're sort of cut off from most things. There, the culture is completely different, and also. Um, it's a, it, we were we were 25 years behind the UK, and only last month, in fact, our chief minister made a, an apology to people who were convicted of homosexual offences mm. on the Isle of Man. So it's all very it's all very current for us, and I think they could relate to that a lot. Had you did you know anything about the islands islands history in that sense? I didn't actually until until you told me. But the other thing that I found out was that weren't you the first people to bring in gay marriage? Actually, we were. Yeah. So, so you uh, were kind of I hope we yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. You caught up. And I don't know. I mean, you'd have to tell me around kind of the the law is one thing, but the lived experience of people is another. And that's another thing we're talking about in Dungeness is that you know the, the laws. Everyone's got equality now, but actually. People don't feel equal because they're, they're not treated equally. And I, I wonder whether on the Isle of Man it's a similar situation where I don't know whether cultural attitudes are, are caught up as quickly as the law or whether you feel there's more, there's, you know, there's more work to be done. It'd be interesting to see what the kids think about that. 
Islanders, I think, are quite resourceful, but also quite um, reserved. And so you don't stick your head above the, above the parapet. And I think that traditionally anything that makes you different makes you, well, of course it does anywhere, makes you vulnerable. But I think it's still mm. it's still quite a big part of our, our sort of our psyche in a way. Um, but, but we've got our first Pride event this summer. Attitudes definitely have changed. So, yeah, onwards and upwards with well, that. Well, I think... If you've got a group of young uh, straight people putting on an LGBT play, times are changing. You know, that's a very powerful message to to other people in the community. And, uh, you know, that's happening. That, that doesn't feel specific to the Isle of Man as well. That feels specific to kind of all the places around the country that have chosen to tell this story. They really feel there's a, a need and a desire to have these voices on stage and have these experiences listened to. I understand you worked as a, a social worker um, before uh, in a sort of a previous career. What came first? Was it the writing, or did you feel moved to write um, by by the experiences that you were you were sort of having and witnessing in other people? Well, I I really identify with all the young people across the country taking part in the National Theatre Connections program because I was that kid. I wrote wrote the school play. I directed the school. I was the school play. I was that really like I'm probably oh, quite days. annoying actually. <laughs> so um, I so when you when I hear like about groups of young people like coming together to put theatre on, I'm like I want to do that again too. Um, and uh, and then I just kind of fell into social work and uh, did that for twelve years. So I worked in a, a London local authority. Uh, for that time and I worked in child protection I worked in young people's sexual health I worked with young offenders and I kind of feel that looking back now I realized that that killed my creativity in many ways and I went from being this kind of creative person that was really into film and theater and art and then I just got kind of bogged down with the kind of the grueling world of of, of social work and uh, I just woke up one day and thought like that's a really sad state of affairs that this this thing like film or theatre that I used to love like I kind of look at now and roll my eyes and think as as just pure hedonism and what's its place in the world and so part of me starting to write during whilst I was a social worker was trying to just reconnect with my creative voice and, and actually find you know find that part of me that, that I'd lost. Uh, so I, I wrote a play about my experiences of being a social worker. It's not autobiographical, um, but it kind of it 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 really kind of talks about the ideas that uh, that troubled me and plagued me through my life as a social worker. Which is, do you do more harm than good when you intervene in in someone's life? You know, it's it's the critical question. Um, and and then yeah, so that you know, then I kind of like no one was more surprised than me, but that play was quite successful, and you know, it kind of led to other things. But what's been really wonderful is that. I wasn't ready to write when I was 21. You know, I've had this really fortunate experience to have lived a life, you know, lived out loud. And I pour all of that into my plays now. So people talk to me about my plays feeling kind of very real. I think that's just because I've like, I lived a normal life. For, you know, I, I don't really exist in the theatre industry, if that makes sense. It's always wonderful to to be presented with really heavy topics, really difficult issues, but in such a light way, it's so much easier, it's so much more accessible. Yeah, well, laughter is a form of coping, I think, as well. I, I think back to my times as a social worker, we used humour as a coping mechanism. Sometimes it's kind of gallows humour, you know, it's a bit close to the bone, but it is how we got through and, you know, I love laughing. I love the joy and the pain of life and, you know, all of the things that it, that it, that it gives us. And, uh, you know, so I really try and, try and find those kind of moments of humour and heart 
in my stories, I think it's really important. And also, like, a lot of theatre is really boring. It's so boring and dour. <laughs> um, we should laugh, like, and enjoy it, you know. So um, not everything has to be a comedy. And obviously the old cliche is that comedy and tragedy are never that that far apart they're kind of bedfellows really and i could i can hear that to to a certain degree so yeah like i really like nothing gives me greater pleasure than like hearing the audience laugh and then knowing like in an hour's time i'm about to make you gasp as well i love it um and when you're when you are writing who are you talking to who do you want to take a message away from from your work i once wrote a whole play to try and get a message through to an ex of mine <laughs> <laughs> but that play's never been never been performed, thankfully. So with that exception, I don't know who my audience is. Like I don't I mean, with Connections plays with you know the National Theatre Connections programme at Dungeness, I know I'm writing for a predominantly younger audience. You've got to dial up the ideas. Like you can never talk down to young people because they just see through it straight away. You know, so I've made this kind of like more complex than anything else. Ideas around commemoration and protest and um, but apart from that, when I'm writing other plays, I literally have no idea, um, you know, who will read them or who will see them or who comes through the door. So I, 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 there's nothing, there's no one in particular I'm trying to reach, if that makes sense. I guess I've been fortunate enough to now and again be given a platform to, to put my voice out there and, and, and to discuss things that kind of interest me, trouble me, keep me awake at night, those kind of things. And, and I think like a lot of people... Um, feel feel the same in terms of when you know when they when they see my see my work here on the Isle of Man. I think there's still an idea that if you're um, if you're not heterosexual, you are a rainbow wearing, glittering being, um, sort of striding around as though you're on the West End. Unfortunately, that mm. does still prevail to a certain degree. I love the fact that you've you've presented us with real people who um, who hopefully everyone can relate to. Tell us a little bit about your characters and and how you hope people relate to them. I'm really, you're really kind to say that. I really, I really appreciate it. That you know, I think there is people, there are characters in there that, or there's moments in that play that everyone will relate to. And then on top of that, there's moments that are specifically LGBT queer stories. You know, so there's a, there's a real, I hope, balance between people who don't feel heard actually just being seen and represented on stage. Like it's just so powerful. Um, your young people. Are, are uh, doing such an extraordinary thing because they're plonking this story right in the heart of, of the community and starting a conversation and saying like you know it's all it's all good you know it's okay okay to be gay um so uh, you know that that's so, that's such an important message just just putting the play on is is so good in terms of the characters like there's there's there's, there's a real group dynamic because they're in a um anyone that's ever been done an icebreaker in some cringy youth work setting, is gonna is gonna squirm in their seat in the first five minutes. Um, so you've got a, a range of characters. There's one called Birdie who really is trying to keep the peace. She's the the youth group leader, um, but she is in kind of direct competition with Austin, who's only a couple of years younger than her, uh, who kind of wants to stage a coup and thinks her her she, she's not good enough to do to do the work. So those stories and those moments aren't really about being gay. You know, they're about like a group of young people uh, in the room together. Um, and then there's someone that's just come out. There's somebody 
who is um, learning about their gender identity and think they might be trans. Um, there's even a straight person in this story. We have catered to all <laughs> all. all uh, all our audience members. Um, and there's a bit of a love story that runs through it as well and uh, what it's like to be in love when you're 16, which is kind of, if I, I recall being in love when I was 16 and thinking I was going to die. <laughs> like, that was the only thing. You know? And if that person didn't love me back, it was the end of the world ever. And you just, you know, and I look, I'm 40 now and I think, oh my God, I don't think I've changed that much since when I was 16. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling us this story. Um, and as I said at the beginning of the conversation, the young people who had taken part in this production um, all wanted me to thank you. Sarah, thank you so much. And may I pass my message back to all the young people of the Island Man who are putting this play on, my full admiration and respect uh, and uh, my love and pride for them. They're just going to do an amazing job. And I, I hope they tell me all about it. I want to see pictures and videos. And uh, um, yeah, so everyone's got to go and see this play because these kids are being amazing. That's all we have time for this week. Thanks for joining me and do join me again next Wednesday evening at six o'clock when we'll be finding out what's on your doorstep. In the meantime, have a lovely creative week. Slen you.